Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. The Colorado Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup. Raymond Barr, a dream has come true. Feature ahead, McKinnon racing and shoots and scores! Nathan! Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello once again, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always, and it's just Business as usual for the Avs, it seems, in this series. They stomped the Nashville Predators in Game 3. Final score, 7-3. to three, But um, <laughs> not without a little bit of scare on the way there. Darcy Kemper takes a stick to the eye. And I was driving at this point, Christian. It took a lot not to swerve into the oncoming lane of traffic yeah. the second I heard the announcers talking about this. Yeah, it was definitely a very scary moment. Um, I I was legitimately concerned that he may be blind. Like I don't know, you know, you know how that is. Just when you see someone hurt, it's just worst case. You just, you scenario, just never, right? you just like, never know. Yeah, it's just worst case scenario. Like it's a one in a million thing to happen, but somehow it's happened twice to Darcy Kemper. Because I don't know if you saw that video. It happened to him in Arizona. Yeah, it happened in, in Arizona. The same thing happened yeah. to him too. Someone just gets his a stick up in his eyes. This isn't even the first time it's happened in the playoffs. I don't think. I think this happened to Lundquist a couple of years ago too. Yeah, like it, it's a very rare thing to have happen, and it happened. Um, and I think all of Abs Nation was going, "Oh fuck!" Because as good as the Abs are, and as good as Pavel Francouz has been. Pavel Francouz is not going to win you a Stanley Cup. Yeah, Frankie's just love the guy. He's not a Stanley Cup goalie. No, he's not. He's not the guy that's going to take you to that next level. I I was pissed when this happens, as I'm sure a lot of you know if you follow the Teledabs' Twitter account that I tweet 99% of the things on. I was not happy about this, and I'm still not very happy about it. But now that I know that Darcy is okay, and the report after the game is that. There was some swelling around his eye and looks like he might be able to go for game four. It's maybe about a 50, 50 chance, nothing serious, no concussion. I have calmed down quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. No reason to be concerned. Um, we both think it'll be shocking if he plays in game four, just because you're up three, nothing. So if he's not a hundred percent, there is no point in playing him. Um, and if he plays awesome, if not, I'm okay because I know that he's going to be in there um, hopefully for game five or hopefully game one of the next series. So uh, the fear definitely subsided when Bednar went and talked after to the media. Um, I just wish it was like the NFL where they would just tell you about the injury right away instead of making you just panic. Cause everyone in the first intermission was like, is he going to be on the bench? He wasn't on the bench. Oh shit. Oh, something's bad. Something's really bad. <laughs> it, it was okay. He was totally fine. Yeah, my, um, my favorite one was they had an update for Darcy Kemper in the second period, and the update was that there was no update. Love it. That's the most hockey Great thing stuff. ever. Thanks. I really appreciate your insight here. Like, what, what type of mental warfare are you trying to play there? Like, it's, it's, it makes – I get doing it before the game, 
Um, but during the game, it's not like those guys are like reading tweets or like watching the broadcast. Um, so yeah, all fear is gone. I feel great. Um, Darcy was great in this game until he got hurt. Um, but that's just become so normal for us to say that Darcy Kemper was great because that's what he is. He's a great goaltender. Yeah, I so, mean, he's been great in this series through the first two games and the 19 minutes he played in this game, he only let in one where there really wasn't much he could do and then takes a stick to the eye. And then Frankie has to come in, which. I don't uh, envy that situation for no, a backup goaltender. Not at all. At least if like you pull a goalie, like they pull a Chesterkin today for the Rangers, that goalie knows like, okay, I'm ready. It's not just like the snap of finger you're in. You know I mean? Like, I'm sure Georgiev was like, okay, I may have to go in in this game. He was mentally preparing. Right. There and was it was, no it was also during an intermission for Georgiev. Yeah. yeah. There was no chance in hell Frankie thought he was going to come in. And he looked a little um, shaky in the second period. I mean, he let two goals in that. Would you say Darcy probably saves at least one of them? Maybe he both. Saved, he saves both of them. Yeah. The one, the one that went in first was a LV Tolvin in shot that just bounced off of his glove and into the net. And the other one is a Roman Yossi point shot on the power play. Great shot, but Darcy stops that one. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like we said, there's Darcy or Pablo Francois is a great goaltender. He's not of the echelons where he can win you a cup. I just don't, I don't think that's a slight against anyone. There's very few goaltenders who can do that in the NHL. Um, so having him potentially play the rest of the playoffs was definitely terrifying, but he's not going to unless Darcy Kemper is more hurt than they're letting on. So, but after those two goals, I think he really settled down the third period. I don't really remember him being too shaky to start. Um, now for this series of Paulo Francois plays in game four, I still think the Avs can win just because they will. Yeah. If, if he, if he has a full day to prepare yeah. and get warmed up morning skate and all that will be just fine. And we'll win that game. Cause the, the thing was, it just looked like he wasn't ready yeah. in the second period. And he lets him to, like you said, he settled in and made some really outstanding saves at a certain point late in the second and in the third period as well to just keep everything out of it. Yeah. Keep everything out of it. And if you're telling me like, he'll still be the best goaltender on the ice. Cause you're going to throw, are you going to throw out Connor Ingram again after he gives I, up seven or six, or I, do you throw in David Riddich who got blasted? Like the, it, he's going to be the best goaltender on the ice without question. Yeah. I mean, at least, at least, uh, Ingram in this game gave up five at the end of the second period, not the first, which yeah. I, I guess for Nashville is a stark improvement. Yeah. So, um, unless UC Soros had his leg sawed off and replaced with a robot leg, it's going to be Ingram again. But yeah. uh, one hit wonder, unfortunately, yeah. for Nashville. I, the Avs figured out how to score on him. It's amazing what happens when you can watch a whole game's worth of tape. Um, because, yeah, this game was totally – but it, it was – Ingram wasn't coming up with the same saves he was coming up in the game two. Like I think game two could have easily gone this way too. If Ingram doesn't play on his, on his head for most of the game. Um, but yeah, I think the pressure got to him a little bit when he realized that he wasn't making those saves. Cause he was in the zone for game two. He was in yeah. the zone. And also, he was just, one thing I've noticed is that I really feel like the abs have played the same in just about every oh, yeah. game in the series. Their play has not dropped off one bit. Nope. It's just the difference has been the goaltending at the other end. The first game, I don't feel like they played any different in the first period of game one than they did in the second or third period of game three. No, it's just, they couldn't get a save at the other end and the abs have just been utterly dominant. Nashville yeah. hasn't had anything to give them in this series outside of like little two minute spans. They keep coming. It's, it's the, it's the beauty of having depth because all four lines have been rolling and I keep waiting for Alex Newhook to play. I, I don't know if he plays this series, man. Probably just don't. like, why, why fuck with what works? Yeah. Like, and that sucks for Newey because he did not deserve to get scratched. But what Bednar's done has worked up to this point because um, the depth has been fantastic. They haven't been scoring, but they're not letting the Predators build any momentum. They're not giving up any goals. And it's just been rock solid from them. So I, I don't think you mess with the lineup right now until you lose. Yeah, and the way things are going, it might not be in this series that you lose. Like, just it's why I just said Nashville has legitimately nothing for us. This is not a close series, and like, I feel kind of bad saying that because I really don't want to sound overly cocky. But really, we've got three games of this now where the Avalanche have just kicked the shit out of them for sixty minutes, and. Nashville's gotten a couple of lucky breaks to get on the board in this series. 
I mean, they really missed their chance in game two. Oh, that, that was that the best was their win. game. Yeah. They needed to win that game for Connor Ingram. They just simply were not good enough to do it. And this game, their first game on home ice, I thought they started well. I thought for a, your first game at home against a clearly superior team, I thought they had a good start. Then, like we talked about coming into the series, they started taking stupid penalties. And now that was the story of this game. The Avalanche's power play, best Unreal. game all season. Unreal. I don't think it's even close either. Four for five on the power play. The only one they didn't score on was their last one. And completely changed the tone of this game early on with a Lekkanen goal set up by Taze, McKinnon goal as well. And I think they credited time. that one to Landy. I think Landy got that goal. From no, they gave, they gave it to McKinnon. It's McKinnon. Oh, they did? Goal. Okay. So he still has the primary assist. Landeskog would have had a hat trick in that case because he oh, did okay. get a few more. But when Nashville made it two to two off of that bad goal, Landeskog gets one back on the power play. Yossi gets one back on the power play. Then he get an even strength from Landeskog. They challenge it. They lose. Power play goal for Kadri buried the entire game. This this was the power play show in this game yeah. for the Nabs. And it, it was one of our keys to the series, and it showed up. I mean, game two, I don't think they were great, but they definitely had their chances in game two. They were just missing the net. Uh, tonight, they were not missing the net at all. Um, I, I agree with you. I don't think they've had a better power play game this year. Yeah. I mean, they, they functioned at 80% in this That's game. That, that doesn't happen. You don't just do that. You, you don't, that's, you're making your opponent pay. Um, on the opposite side, the penalty kill wasn't particularly great. I mean, they gave up two goals, right? I thought it was, I thought it was okay. The goals that eventually went in weren't really the penalty kills faults. I would think like the, the Tolvin and goal, you need to save on that one. The Yossi goal is a shot from the point. Like if, if you're not getting the save on those, I don't really know if you can pin it on the penalty kill, but I thought they allowed a lot of pressure for the, the Predators to eventually get that goal. Yeah. I mean, the Tolvanen one, I thought it was a good kill for the first minute and 40 seconds. It was just they, they left that guy open in the uh, high slot and he ripped him past Frankie. I agree. If, if he makes the saves, it's a perfect night. Like You can't really can't really fault him too much. I, I didn't like how many penalties we took because um, we ended up taking, what, four? E three, actually. Three? Okay, never mind. I take back that same. A lot of offsetting penalties in the game. Yeah, it makes sense when you're getting blown out at home. Um, but, yeah, it, the special teams were the key in this game, and it was a key for our series, and they came out and just said, fuck you, Nashville, we're going to make you pay for these. Um, my favorite one was that Lekkonen one. Like That's just such a Lekkonen goal. Like, he is such a greasy player, and he's not the biggest guy, but he will he will crash a net as hard as anyone on this team. Like, I think he rivaled Evid Landeskog. Evidently, yes, yeah. as he has been the center of several goaltending yeah. interference controversies in this series. So evidently, yes, he does crash the net very hard. But yes, the, this first game, first goal of the game for Lekkonen, set up by Taze, just a perfect crowd killer. Like I said earlier, Nashville starting well in this game. You get your first power play of the game. And Devon Taze, obviously overshadowed by Makar in this series. What a game from him. He's been he's been so rock solid all year. And I love people who are now tweeting, like, can you believe the Avs got him for two second round picks? Yeah, like, like it, the, my favorite one is like the Avs got him for two draft picks and none of them was a first. Yeah, like that's it, it, he's so fucking good, dude. And the best part is we have him for two more years. Like he, that could be two cups. It really could. So um, he was great. I mean, that goal he scored when the Preds were changing, that was like, you need your goalie to make a save. That was not like Disrespe disrespectful yeah, kind of goal. That, that needs to be saved 100% of the time. You cannot let that goal go in. Um, but he ends up with a goal. Did he have two assists or just one? He had the, let's see, he had just two points in this game. Yeah. But you're, you're talking about him and Kale McCarr. That's two points for Taves and three for McCarr. Five points from your top pair. Everyone on your defense except Bo Byram had a point in this game. And I thought Bo was good, too. And Bo was great, honestly. He picked up three hits, just wasn't super offensively involved in this game. I mean, let's be fair. Eric Johnson had an empty net assist. So kind, of unfair, kind of unfair to compare the two. But even still with that, I thought Byram had a great game here. I thought Manson was strong. I thought Gerard was strong. Eric Johnson quietly has had a very strong three games so far in the playoffs. You know why? Because you really haven't noticed him. Yeah. And that's at the point EJ is in his career right now. That's all you can ask of him. 
Like he's not doing anything great. He's not doing anything bad. That's perfect. What you expect. That is the perfect role for a third pairing defenseman. I don't want to see your face unless you're scoring a goal. Yeah. And that's totally fine. And that just is a testament to the depth. I, I will never understand. Like, I know why Sam Gerard gets the hate he gets just because he's small and people think he gets bullied. He is one of the better defensemen in the Western conference, man. Yeah. Like he's been great. He's not Kill McCarr. He's not Kill McCarr. He's not Devon Taves. And that's toy. You're talking about two of the best defensemen in the league, but Sam Gerard is a top four defenseman on 95% of other teams in the NHL, maybe even a hundred. I'd, I'd say if he's a top four on this team, he's top four anywhere. Yeah. Like he's going to make mistakes, but every defenseman makes mistakes. That's not named Kill McCarr and Devon Taves. Like that's just, it's the way it is. It's a no win position, but I will never understand the hate he gets. And I, even I just like the, the mistake that people are pointing out, the, the, uh, the trend and goal in game two, it really wasn't a mistake. It was really a bad bounce off of him. He made the right read and made the right play. Granted, it's a high risk, high reward play. If that goes the way you're expecting, it's a two on one break the other way and probably a goal. It just takes a real bad bounce off of him and goes right to a predator. Yeah. Like you can do that a hundred times and you can't set that up that exact same way again. And outside of that, he's been great in this series. His he's puck been... moving skills are so underrated and so valuable for a team like this that needs to create chances off the rush. I say need as it's like they need to score that way, but that's, it helps set up the offense. And I know he hasn't scored, like his scoring has definitely fallen off since he's come back and at the end of last year, but defensively he's been rock solid, man. Like, yeah. I have no qualms with Sam Gerrard at all. And I will never understand why people have such a disdain for him. It's just narratives. People buy in the narratives are a popular thing because you don't have to do any thinking for yourself. You see what you see, what the beat writers write about him. You see what the national media says about him. And well, you already don't watch the games. What do you have to disprove it? So you're just going to keep that in row with it. Like, well, he is small. So therefore what they're saying must be correct. And yeah, he had a bad playoff last year. Everybody, everyone did. (laughs) Everybody did look at him in these first three games and don't blind yourself with confirmation bias off of that bad bounce. He's been great in this series. Now he hasn't picked up a ton of points. Good. He's been outstanding defensively and he's been making strong plays, strong breakout passes. He's been breaking up cross crease passes on defense and people always point like, well, he can't handle the physicality. Watch him. He does great with it because him and Kale McCarr, I think, are two of the best at avoiding hits in the defensive zone. And even when he does get hit, he can shake it off. And sometimes people, he gets it right back to them. And sometimes they bounce right off him. Sometimes he ends up on his face. Oh, well, that's going to happen. It hasn't led to anything. And that's really all that all that matters in that situation is if, he, if he's getting knocked off a puck in the boards. Like, this isn't the first Calgary game from two months ago when, when he was hurt and looked soft where... He didn't try to go and get a puck on the boards and Kachuk ended up getting it out and getting it for a goal. It's just like, okay, well, he's gotten hit a couple of times and he's been able to take it and get back up and deliver some punishment of his own. That's kind of flown under the radar and really fit into this scheme. Cause it's not all about Sam Gerard always being at a 60, 70 point pace. You got Kale McCarr for that. You need need Sam Gerard to maintain those offensive zone possessions and keep the puck in transition. And he's done that to a T. And those are the kind of things that go unnoticed. And it's, it's a shame because it's a narrative that until he wins a Stanley cup, that's never going to go away. And maybe that's as soon as this year, but it's, just, I wouldn't even say it's win a Stanley cup. I think the second he scores a goal in the playoffs is when that goes away. You know what I mean? Or makes yeah. a great pass. Like, cause it, it's sad that when we're talking about defensemen and since he's not scoring, he's trash. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. We're talking that, about that's, that's what people expect from small defensemen. Yeah. So I, I wanted to go on that tangent a little bit because I just, I can't stand the hate he gets. I, I just can't stand it. So um, Sam Gerard, this is a Sam Gerard love podcast because he has been fantastic along with the rest of the apps. They've been fantastic in the series. Um, yeah, I mean, who, who would you say has been particularly bad even? I would say no one's been bad. A player that I think has been okay has been Obey Bell, but that, you're talking about a fourth liner. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah, that, a guy that like you can take out for a game four and plug in new hook and yeah. doesn't, doesn't matter or anybody else. Yeah. That's exactly it. Like the, I don't think anyone's been bad. It's more just, 
if I could change anything, I'd maybe take Knack out. And he hasn't even been playing that bad. It's just I mean, I, I thought he was better in this yeah. game than he was in game two. And I was like, now that I say that out loud, I would like a little more from Miko, but it, it's really hard to complain when you're getting seven goals a night. If you're getting Miko going, you're talking about 10. Like, yeah. come on. I'm not worried about Miko till still either. Um, but that's the thing is like we're, we're talking about like a players we need to see more from. We're not talking about players that are like they they need to or we're gonna lose. Like this team can get by right. with it's one just, of their it it's whipped cream icing on the cake at that point. We're we're beyond icing. We're talking about the cherries. Yeah, and you've got two players in Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr who are on literal all time paces. Like McKinnon third all time in points per game, and right now Kale is is he is he a point per game now in his playoff career? I think it was third. He's at thirty six points now. He's played thirty seven games, so he's as yeah. close as you. Because I I know they had that up during the game, and he was like a point or two behind. I don't know if he ended up finishing now at a point per game, but regardless, he's like sixth all time in points per game for a defenseman while being outstanding defensively. Yeah, you ready for this? I'm looking at the NHL point leaders for the playoffs. Number one, Kale McCarr, seven points. Number two, Gabriel Landeskog, six. Number six, uh, there's three players tied or four players tied for second. Uh, McKinnon's tied for six with five. And then right behind uh, McKinnon is Miko Rantanen at five. <laughs> yeah, and I'm talking about I want more from Miko Rantanen and he's up there. He's at five points. Yeah. So Same as Kirill Kaprizov, by the way. Yeah, he is. It's this team's really fucking good. I don't know how like we've said this all year. They're really fucking good and they've been waiting for the playoffs. And I'll admit, I, were you concerned going into this game? I, I was more concerned than I was for game one and two, just because you're going on the road for the first time. Yeah, like you're, you're going on the road. This is, oh, it's what I said last episode. This, I thought this was going to be the hardest game of the series. So of course I was a little concerned. You look around the league, no team has a three, nothing lead. These were the only ones. We're man. the only ones with a three, nothing lead right now. Ones. Like these are the hardest games yeah. to win. And the thing is, they didn't change their game style at no. all. They're, they were not affected by the crowd. Also, I do got to say, you know, sorry to in advance to the Catfish on Ice podcast if they hear this. I was not impressed by the Nashville crowd. Which is I mean, weird because they've been fantastic for so many years. Even when their team has, like last year, I remember when Carolina was going in, that barn was rocking, man. Yeah, I mean, like, I, don't, I guess they just thought they had a chance in that series. I, I just don't know the general feeling around them. Like when it was three, three, you know, when they got the, the two tying goals from Tolvin and Yossi, you know, it was going a bit place was rocking. It wasn't for long. And then the third period, they're down by two. There was no energy in that. Yeah, it's very weird. I, because like, Nashville do, is a great hockey city. It like, is. Do, like, do we want to give full credit to the abs for shutting it down? Or do you just think they understand? Oh, I give full credit to the abs for shutting that down. Like that is I, just off of what I've seen from Nashville the past, like 10 years, I've been in the playoffs it's hard to get that barn quiet and the abs made it very quiet, very fast. I also think the start time kind of fucked with fans a little bit. You're talking to Saturday at a, at three 30, I guess, Nashville time. Like, that's- yes. yeah, it was three 30 central time for them because of all the staggered start times and everything. Also, I do want to mention, I just remember this now. We, we helped Nashville make some personal franchise history tonight. This is the first time in franchise history that the Nashville Predators are down three to nothing in the series. That Congratulations, out. Nashville. You did it. We're so proud of you. You've come so far as a franchise and you know, it's, it's been, it's been a long road for them, but they finally did it. They're down three to nothing and can be swept for the first time. You know, I just, I just think we got to give them their due. Yeah. And I, I really thought going into the series, I, I, I totally overhyped Nashville because they are a good team. Like I think if they match up with Calgary, they, they're giving Calgary the same way they're that Dallas is giving Calgary. I don't think Calgary is a very good team. It's just when you lose to fucking Arizona blowing a four goal lead and you have to face the abs, you're talking about going from facing a team that also is one line deep to a team that's three lines deep at this point. I mean, are, did we overestimate the predators or underestimate the abs and just underestimate the abs. and how much they were going to turn it on? Yeah. Cause I think the predators have done exactly what I thought they were going to do in this series. It's just the abs have surpassed even my wildest expectations. Two seven-goal games in the playoffs, like that doesn't happen. No. And the one that wasn't two-to-one overtime win where you had 50 shots and totally destroyed them, if not for a historic performance from a third stringer. Yeah, it, and it was just close. like we predicted. It was just like we predicted. Connor Ingram's not going to play that well again. 
and he didn't. And that's nothing against him. He should not be playing in playoff games yeah. right now. I mean, like he was, you know, I, I called him a, a one hit wonder in this series. That's the case. It might not be in the future. The guy's 24, 25 years yeah. old, making his young. playoff starts. It was never going to stay that way. The guy was totally locked in, but it's what I was saying during game two. He's breathing hard. You could tell he was nervous. And, and now in game three, I think there was a very human element to all of that where odds are it's all riding on him again. And now there's this expectation on him to make 50 saves again, this time at home. And that was just never going to be the case. And you, no. you could tell by the first two goals that the, the magic was gone. Do you think, how much different is this series of UC Soros plays? Not that different. I mean, yeah, I don't think so. I think the games it, are closer. I don't think it's seven to two. Yeah. Or seven like to three. A game, game one, we're probably talking four, two, maybe Yeah. where I'd say, well, maybe, I mean, the way Ingram played in game two, game two might not have even gone to overtime if Soros is in net just because True. of how good Ingram played. We probably win that game three, one, four, one. And then this game, I mean, Maybe he, maybe he doesn't have that turnover to Kadri. Maybe it's a little closer down the stretch, but we don't lose this game. No, I don't think so, man. And it's just, it's a shame because UC Soros, I, I still think he's a top 10 goalie in the NHL. Top five, uh, I would say. You would say top five? On a, on a year-by-year basis. Maybe not this season he wasn't, but on a year-by-year basis, if you're building a team, Soros is top five. Oh, yeah, because he's super young, too. And he plays so, 67 games this year. Yeah. That's that's ludicrous. That is that's Connor Hellbuck numbers, um, and I, I I think it's different. I agree with you. I don't think the games are blowouts. I think they're a little bit closer, but I still think the Abs are winning these games. It's like what, like realistically, what would Soros do? Like he'd stop a couple of them, but look at the goals that were scored in this game. It's not like it like the Taze goal doesn't go in. Obviously, like Soros, the Kadri one doesn't go in. The Kadri one doesn't happen, but the Lekkinen goal, the McKinnon goal, the Landeskog goals, they probably happen. I mean, maybe it's 3 3 going into the third, but yeah. the Avs would have still found a way to win. Well, they point. put it on coast in the third period when they went up after Tate scored. It was coast mode. And, they, the and they still played better than that, yeah. which, I, which is very scary. Like, yeah. that, like, the, the, like Nashville just looks disheartened, don't they? Like, they know. I don't blame them. I, I mean, would I don't do. blame them either, but it's like they know they just, like, dude, what the fuck do we do here? Like, yeah. What? And I mean, Nashville is going to be stuck in that purgatory of a good team all regular season and they won't be able to do shit in the playoffs because they're just not that good. They're just, yeah, they're just kind of stuck in that mushy middle right now. And, you know, the the catfish on ice guys, Chad brought up that Forsberg's been a no-show in this series. And, oh, he's, yeah. not, and he's an upcoming UFA. Do you re-sign him or do you? Oh, they'll, they'll re-sign him. They'll, I believe that. I believe they'll re-sign him, but should they? Not saying Forsberg is a bad player. Before that gets taken in any other context, Forsberg is outstanding. But should Nashville start looking in some other directions here and maybe st- I, I, I don't I think, think they, they do a very hard, like if they have to rebuild their rebuilds, not very long. I think they should resign Forsberg before I yeah, go too will. much farther on that. You can have your top line of Forsberg, uh, Ryan Johansson, uh, fuck him by the way, for, for <laughs> Darcy Kemper, uh, rotten hell and Philip Forsberg. You can have a pretty solid top three, you, but you really got to start to revamp the rest of the team. Yeah. It's not very good. I mean, Mikel Granlin's a nice piece. Um, it's just like it's not a not a difference maker, and none of the young guys are difference makers. Like LV Tolvanen, they held they held on to him all those years ago because they thought he was some A tier prospect. He's a low B prospect. Yeah, he he's a Tyson Jost. Yeah, and maybe, maybe a slightly better Tyson Jost, but like that's not going to push a needle. Yeah, I mean they they got some good pieces in the draft, but I I just really don't think Nashville's going to be in that purgatory. I. I, I don't know. Like I, I totally underestimated the Avs, and I got caught up in the national media swing of thinking that the Avs were not playing their best hockey. And sure as shit, they proved us both wrong. Yeah, so, I mean, geez, I mean, people always talk about like flipping the switch in the playoffs. I've never seen a team flip a switch this hard before. Hey, everybody! Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's right. All you got to do is bet on the Avalanche to win their next game, and you are essentially getting $150 for free. And yes, it really is that simple. And if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for some cold, hard cash because new customers can make their first deposit and play for free with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up the points for goals, assists, saves, and more. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want with no strings attached. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. Like, even in the St. Louis series, like, it just kind of felt too easy. And, like, they really weren't even trying that hard yet. They were not playing this good in St. Louis last year. No. St. Louis, I mean, and games, game three, we talked about it. I think, I can't remember if it was on the show or off air. It was, game three was close for a majority of it. And then Bennington led in some just god awful goals. Um, yeah, but yeah I, mean, I agree. The apps are playing 10 times better than they were playing against St. Louis. I mean, even those home games, the first two games, they were close for a, a quick second there. Game yeah. one was tied going into the third, and the, the Blues made it close after the Kadri, after the Kadri hit. Yeah. Like that. The series was a sweep and it was easy, but it wasn't this dominant. No, like they were not like it. It's just a testament to how this team, I, I think that like they're on a mission, man. Like, yeah, and, and they, they understand what they need to do and they're not going to get scared off by some stupid goonery from no. Forsberg and the Predators and their, their ruckus little crowd. Like that, this is not going to stop them. No, it's not going to stop them. And I've been, just thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with how every game has just been. All right, we're on to the next one. Like, uh, did you see that Landy video after the game? He was like, "Hey, doesn't matter about individual accomplishments. We gotta get ready for Monday." I was like, yeah. "And that's basically what Tay said in his post game press conference: is the the fourth game is always the hardest one to win in a series. And Nashville, they're going to be playing with their season on the line. And you know, we're talking like this series is over. They're not." No one in that locker room is talking like this series is over. They know they've got business to take care of on Monday because I know for a fact that this is a team that is definitely going to pride itself on its ability to close out a series. Like if they lose this game and win in five, it might be fine to us, but they're going to be like, okay, well, we're one and one in elimination games and we've got to fix that. Yeah. You got to be, it's just, I'm really interested to see who I, I, I don't want to look ahead to, the next round, but all indications that I've seen like this, the series is over and either on Monday or on Wednesday, I, I don't see this going seven. Yeah, I mean, and like Nashville, like they would need a Herculean effort and Connor Ingram to have a game two kind of performance in order to just win a game in this yeah. series. If we lose this series, blow a three, nothing lead, stop watching hockey. Yeah, like legit. Like, go, go bet on coin flips because all of this is random. There has not been a more dominant series in the last 10 years. Like it's been ridiculous. But if you're looking ahead to the next series, I mean, just judging off last night games, it looks like it's going to be Minnesota. The past two games for Minnesota have been other dominance for them. And St. Louis has just forgotten how to play hockey, but they look bad. Who knows tomorrow they could come out and win it. And we're talking a two, two best of three. I, I think the blues are going to win tomorrow. I will say that one. Yeah. Just I, I have a gut feeling the Blues are going to win at home, send that series to Minnesota, tied it two. I still think we're going to play Minnesota. Yeah, I still think it's Minnesota. And, like, Minnesota's been good, but St. Louis has been bad. Like, five on five, we thought St. Louis had the advantage. Uh-uh. They've been atrocious five on five in that series. Like, they've, um, they've been parading their depth around. I haven't seen it. I have not seen it either. Ever since game one, this team has been a no-show. They've, yeah. looked, they've looked genuinely bad. Like, I haven't even thought the Wild have looked like, like a wagon. I thought they've played well, but the Blues have just been kind of giving it to them. Like, yeah. be like, oh, you want this? Okay, fine. All right, I'll get out of your way. You do you do your thing, Eric Sinek. Well, Billy Huso has been, after game one, just bad. He's going like, to sieve. Yeah, he's been real bad. So, I just – I'm, I'm kind of – I think it's going to be Minnesota. Um, if the apps keep playing like this, I mean – 
I'll give matter. Minnesota. Yeah, I, I give Minnesota two games. I, I think it's a. I think it's a six-game series. Yeah, I mean, we like. Maybe I'm just learning my lesson with giving other teams more credit and the abs less credit in some of my series predictions. If it is Minnesota, if you asked me this three months ago, I would have said seven, but beating this team three times is tough. Yeah. And I, I I'd have to agree with six, but I mean, get, getting a little ahead of ourselves. Yeah. We getting still got, we still got another game to win here yeah. in Nashville and we don't know for sure. It's going to be Minnesota yet. They still got to win two more games than St. Louis faster than St. Louis needs to win three games. But this game as a whole, just a strong team effort that just looked very routine. Like it's just a well-oiled machine that is just rolling on all wheels right now and is ready to run over anything in its path. And Nashville tried to guess unfocused. They had the, the, the two goal comeback. They were down two nothing. They tied it two. They would go up three, two, and then they tie it three. This, this could have fallen apart. And last year it might've. I think last year it does hundred yeah, percent. Like we it saw did. it in game three against Vegas. It, it fell apart. Yeah. And then you fast forward and we just completely took over the game at that point. We stepped up in front of Frankie. We stopped taking stupid penalty. We took one penalty from that point on after that only one, we shut everything down. We made sure Frankie had a relatively easy time in that. There was a couple dangerous Nashville ones, but none that were like real 10 bell saves from Frankie. Cause we didn't need them. They stepped up in front of him. And even if they didn't get any of the goals in the third period, I mean, the, the Taze goal was a stinker. That should never yeah. happen. And the, the other one was an empty netter from Val. But th- it was just a strong performance the whole way through and the, the kind of performance that is going to win you a cup. And we've seen just in this series, this team can play however you want them to play. Yep. If you're, if you're going to drag us down into the mud and get 50 saves from your third string goalie, okay. We can dance. win 2-1. Yeah, let's dance. Bring it on. You're not going to get any shots in overtime. And we've got Darcy Kemper in that. That'll shut you down if you tried to. Oh, you hurt Darcy Kemper in the next game? Okay, well, our backup's a little shaky. We're still going to outscore you by four. Like, there's not, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. And we talked about this a little bit off air because your Caps had a big game against the Panthers. And we've been talking about the Panthers all year. Yeah, they're a great team. But but what are they, what are they going to do when the going gets tough? Yeah, like they have folded so far. And they are just not a team that's built to win a 2-1 game. They just aren't. Yeah. And if you ask me about the abs, I, I could see the abs. They can win seven to three. They can win two, one. They proved it all year that they can play these types of games. So I just, I feel really good about the team right now. I, I obviously want to get this series over against Nashville and get ready for the next one. But I mean, is it a bad thing right now that we're going to have potentially eight, nine days off with the way you're playing? Well, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. And as if this team hadn't learned their lesson. Wow. Yeah. If they, if they fall for that trap twice, like, then what do you even say to that? And we talked about this uh, countless times on the show. I really think the reason why they folded is because Philip Grubauer was tired and he ran out of gas. Yeah. In that and, Vegas also, series. and I also think that the sweep versus seven games for Vegas really did play a big factor in it because yeah. the Avs, they got away from it. They're like, well, we have eight days off and they just lost track of the mission. And while Vegas, they only had a day off in between games and obviously got smoked in game one, but got right back on track while we thought it was going to be easy. I don't see that happening. This no, the, no the chance. Whole, the whole theme this entire season is you do not lose focus ever. Day one of training camp has been intense, but back in rookie camp, I was struck by just how like intense everything was and how business-like everything was and how everything is about the playoffs and how everything is up to we're going to win the Stanley cup this year. Like if they do sweep this series, which they very well might, they're not going to fall into that same trap twice. They're just, they've simply learned too much this season. It's going to be practices every day and everyone's going to be going hard and they're going to be watching that series against Minnesota and St. Louis and waiting for their opponent. And if it's Minnesota, they're not going to have any trouble getting up for that series. No, no chance in hell. They'll be, they'll be ready to go. And I just, we need to get there first, but it's, it's becoming more and more like a carbon copy of last year and just the aspect of how the first round can play out. But this team's different, man. Like they, they are different. They have that sandpaper to them and I, they're way grittier than I think they were last year. And I think, it's, like a I think it's just a mental thing. Yeah. It's just there's so much more mentally tough 
and the the broadcast teams as much as i hate the national broadcasts they've described it as scars and scar tissue and i really think that's a good description for what this team has been through they've built up the scar tissue they know what to do now you look at a team like calgary right now who is struggling heavily against the dallas stars who are really not that different from dallas stars are bad I would, I would argue the stars are worse than Nashville. Yes. And you, you look out on the opposite side of the coin, the Eastern conference, the Panthers are getting killed by the capitals right now. And their, their body language is dejected. Like, I can't believe this is happening to us. How is this happening? Where we won the president's trophy. All of this is mental and in their head. And they just, the caps have been through all of this before and no, just have a very simple game plan on how to break the Panthers. And outside of game two, it's worked perfectly. Yeah. And the Panthers haven't had an answer. That's why the abs are doing this is because they're the team that sets the tempo. We make the game plan for you. You don't make a game plan for us anymore. There is no way to beat us because we can beat you. However you want to do it. <laughs> however we want to man, however we want to. And that's a testament to this team. And I, for one, can't wait for Monday. Um, and another thing that I'm I, that is being lost in the shuffle, Gabriel Landeskog is only going to keep getting better the Dude, more yeah, games we, he plays. We've totally just skipped over how great of a game yeah. Landeskog had four points and almost yeah. had a hat trick. Like he's he's been he's only going to get better, and that's terrifying because he's still not even playing with McKinnon and Ranston right now. Yeah, and probably shouldn't be. No, with how he's, everything's working right now, him and Kadri and Lekkinen are amazing. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good line. And I thought Berkey, I think Berkey's catching some unnecessary flack in this it's, series. It's just because there's so many people producing and he's not one of them. Yeah. I think he can be better. He definitely can be better and hasn't been perfect. But the role he's playing right now, he's doing a fine job. He's doing and great. We, we don't need him right now to score. Like we've scored seven goals. It's the same thing I was saying about Miko. If you're getting both of them going, we're talking about t- like 12 goals. Yeah. Like, I, I think Berkey's been good defensively. He hasn't been turning the puck over nearly as much. Yeah, and that's like, the thing. Even when someone is supposedly not performing up to expectations, they're still following their role in the system to yep. a T, even if nothing's going in the net for them and they're not getting shots through. Berkey's been great defensively. He took a not great penalty in this game. Outside of that, I thought this was his best game of the series. You could actually really notice him in this yeah. game. And when the going gets tougher and teams start to forget about him a little more, that's when some space will start to open up. Oh yeah. I, I want people to forget about Andre Burakovsky. I want them to forget about him. And then he comes out in the third line and just says, ah, I'm a 20 goal scorer. <laughs> Here we go. So, yeah, and then all of a sudden in three games, we'll have four goals. Yep. And I cannot wait for it, but yeah, it's what he always does. I also want to go back to what we were saying about Landis Gog and not just the point production in this game. But this game really could have gotten out of hand with Kemper hurt and the Predators tied at two and then at three. This really could have gotten to be a disaster kind of situation. And I really give credit to Gabe Landeskog, the emotional leader of this team, for settling it down, getting everyone head, everybody's head on straight in the middle of the period. Like this, the, the Yossi tying goal feels like it was like three minutes into the second. It was more than halfway through. And Getting that goal to settle everything down and not even just that goal, just being the leader on this team. You can tell just how much this team has missed him when he's not playing. Oh, yeah. That month and a half, that two months he wasn't there and recovering from surgery. When you saw things starting to slip, that's the Landeskog effect of him not being there. And now that he's back, you had things starting to go south a little bit. You have your backup goalie in that who to this point is not doing well. You don't know if your starter is going to be back ever, like those are just the thoughts in your yeah. head at that point. Cause you don't know what's going on. Having Landis in the lineup and having him there to be that kind of vocal leader is what fixed this game and went from what could have been probably like a five to four kind of loss that you just kind of write off to a dominant seven to three win. And you give all the credit in the world to our amazing captain. And there is not an amount of money we could have given him in this off season. That wouldn't have been worth it. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I, I did want to touch on this because I just kind of, this thought occurred to me in my head and it's just the most avalanche thing ever. Both our goaltenders have had eye injuries in the past three weeks. Like 
when has does that happen to any other team? <laughs> like, no. Frankie takes a puck in the face on the bench. On the bench. Darcy Kemper gets a stick through his mask under his eye. Like, name another team where that's happened, man. Like, two of the flukiest injuries for a goaltender who wears a mask. And name like, another team that would have been able to recover from that. Yeah. Like, it, it's just, it's the most avalanche thing ever, if you think about it. Because everyone's forgetting, Paul Francois took a puck in the face like three weeks ago. Yeah, and we didn't know if he was going to come. We didn't know if he, like, broke his face or not. And if he was going to come back at all, even for the playoffs. Imagine if he didn't and he throw Hunter Miska in there. Oh, God. I I would not. Like, that would have been the most unfair thing ever to expect that guy to come in. Yeah, third string versus third string. Yeah, and that's nothing against Hunter Miska. I, God, for sure couldn't do anything better than he could. But that would be the most unfair thing in the world to ask of him. Yeah. So, but hey, man, we're up 3-0. And we'll rest up for Monday. We got a watch along coming on Monday. So make sure you come hang out with us on the tell or it's not the teledivs, the hockey podcast network, YouTube page. Uh, it'll be the first one we're doing this playoffs. We're both pretty pumped about it, but uh, I got nothing else, man. Yeah. I mean, if you want to just maybe take a look around the rest of the league, even though we kind of already did that and just yeah. see how the playoffs are going. It's just the same thing we said last episode. Uh, boring. For yeah. The most part. I mean, my games have been great, even though they've been blowouts. The six to one caps win is one of the best wins I've seen from this team in a long time. Yeah. A ton of fun. And the abs obviously crushing Nashville, but from an outside perspective, outside the caps being the second wild card, boring. The only good series has been Penguins and Rangers. The only one. 100%. It's been the only good one. And just like we all predicted at the start of the series, Luis Domingue was going to outplay Igor Shosturkin. So, yeah. yeah Shosturkin got pulled in the first period of the game after letting in four goals. And then Georgiev comes in, plays great, and the Rangers come back from down four to one in the second period. And then Georgiev lets in the worst goal you've ever seen Penguins win. Yeah. I mean, that, that's been the most entertaining. The Toronto Tampa Bay has been interesting, but every game's been a blowout. Yeah. Like um, the series itself, big picture is interesting. The games have been bad. Yeah, they've been the, bad. The, the third period of the last one was fun because it looked like Tampa was going to have a little uh, Leafs comeback on them where the Leafs blow a 3-0 lead. Didn't happen. Boring. Yeah. Boring. Boston, Carolina has been – I'm surprised Boston won a game after those first two. Um, I am too. They look pretty good while doing it. I mean, this this series is interesting for tomorrow for yes. the, the – is it 10.30 Mountain Time that game is going to start? Jesus. That's perfect for me. I can just roll out of bed, eat a waffle, and watch some hockey. That's a dream. That, yeah. that's, that's but anyway, dream. like that game is interesting because now Boston has momentum. Can Carolina shut them down? Is this going to turn into a series that gets kind of close, or is it going to be Carolina running away with it? That's interesting. That could be a fun game. But outside of that, I mean, the Blues really need a bounce back yeah. in a big way against Minnesota because that, that series, all of those games have been genuinely bad. Yeah. Every single one's been a blowout. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Blues come out and win that game, like you said. Um, a series that's been just utterly just a snooze fest has been L.A. and Edmonton. Outside of the first game, Edmonton has dominated. L.A. doesn't belong here. No. Like they, they just truly don't, and I don't even mean that in like a malicious way. They're, they really got the benefit of a bad division. Yep. Vegas sucked. Vancouver, if they had – actually hired Boudreaux before the season, they would have very easily been in this spot. And if Vegas isn't as injured, they're very easily in this spot. And LA, actually, maybe that's not fair. LA would be in a wild card spot. because LA LA was one of those teams, I don't think they lost to a bad team all year. Yeah. Like they won all of the games they were supposed to win. Yeah. Like um, that's, and that's what we talked about with them all season is that they really didn't have any bad losses. And when you don't have any bad losses, you pick you're like 500 against the good teams playoff spot in the playoffs. So kudos to the Kings, but yeah, they are outclassed in the series by far. Um, Edmonton should win that in five. If it goes to six, I will be shocked. It's 14 to two since game one, yes. six, nothing. And then eight to two. And you're in your first home playoff game in five years yeah. or four years, but that's the best you got. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Not good. Um, are there any series we're forgetting? Oh, Calgary Dallas is going on right now. This game's actually been kind of good. It's two two. Thank God, because we doubled wow. the goals from the previous two games. So yeah. 
The, um, both teams actually have not just a goal, but multiple goals. Two. And it's a tie game going into the third period. As we're maybe, recording this. Maybe um, even an overtime, you know? Yeah. The third of the first round through, what is this now? 32 games? Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's been, I'm hope the second round shaping up to be fantastic. Bangers across the board. I mean, unless like Washington and Toronto win instead of Florida, Tampa. You oh God, Washington, Washington will get destroyed by Toronto, man. I'm sorry. I mean, hey, you never know. You never, never know. know. You beat the president's trophy winners. The team has a better offense than Toronto. You got a shot, but I'd pick the Leafs to win that series too. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, I mean, we're, there's going to be bangers. The West should be great. It's shaping up. I mean, if Calgary can win this game, Battle of Alberta for the fucking. Can you imagine game. we expect the Battle of Alberta and we get Dallas and Edmonton. Yeah. Oh God, that'd be, that'd so be the most NHL thing ever. It would be. It would be. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been kind of a snooze fest so far. Here's to hoping it gets a little bit better with some teams facing elimination. But uh, like, if St. Louis loses tomorrow, that series is over. Um, and if Tampa Bay loses to Toronto tomorrow, that series I think. Pretty much over. If Tampa, I mean, Tampa doesn't lose two games in a row in the playoffs, if they yeah. lose two, especially at home, good night. Yeah, Even, I mean, like, it would be the surely most the Leafs ever. don't blow that, right? <laughs> don't surely, surely they don't blow that. Oh, that'd be hilarious if they did. Um, but I mean, a lot of series could be over here after tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, some of these are just shaping up. I think we're going to see a couple series go deep. I do think Tampa pushes Toronto to seven. I think that's a fun series. The Caps are up right now. I still think that's a six or seven gamer. Honestly, yeah. I, I think the Caps pulled this off, honestly, the way they've been playing. But I if think they keep it up, pretty... man, if they keep it up. I told you they had a oh. chance. You did not give them a chance. I gave them a chance. They did not play like this coming into no. the series. That The team that came into the series would not have won this series. This team can. And that yeah. Florida team is not that good. Nope. It's what, I, what I called them during the game today. That is a bunch of frauds. Yep. That is what people called the abs coming into the playoffs. That is what Florida is. These guys are brittle and these guys, they play tough. You know, they try to, they try to do the tough guy thing in the games themselves. They don't do it right. And they don't do it well. And they Bobrovsky is not a Stanley cup winning goal. Even if Florida pulls this off and wins this series in six or seven, they will not beat Toronto or Tampa in the next no. round. I've said okay. it for months that Florida will not be in the conference final. They're not a playoff team. Nope. Like they're a great regular season. They're a great team. Don't get me and, wrong. And it's you, not like they don't have the fit. Like people are going to be like, oh, they're too soft. Radko Gudis, Sam Bennett, all those guys. They got a bunch of tough fucks. It's all in the mental state. Yeah. These guys do not know how to lose. It's that nope. simple. That's that simple. So I, I don't know, man. I, I just, I hope it's just, we, we pick it up a little bit and we get some more exciting series because Man, it's almost been a chore to watch playoff hockey, and that's the really ha- like. There's just been certain points where it's like, why am I watching this yeah. now? Like, I like I'll just I'll just play Batman like or something, and just like waste my time with something else. Like, it's five to one. Yeah. Why am I sitting here watching this? I can just do anything else. This feels like in the NHL, it's the first time because in the NBA this happens all the time. The first round, in the NBA is always god awful because there's such a big gap between the teams. This is the first year in the NHL where I feel like. There's like four legitimate cup contenders and the rest are just kind of there. And when they face those legitimate cup contenders, they really don't stack up at all. I think there's a ton of cup contenders. It's just the the difference between some of these teams is so stark. Like Colorado, Nashville obviously isn't close. Boston could make it interesting, but Carolina is just a lot better than them. And this Pittsburgh series, I mean, if you really dug into the stats, this isn't that surprising. They're much no. better than New York at five on five. And we both predicted that one. So, yeah. Well, we, well, we both said New York, didn't we? Oh, I think you're right. I think we said yeah, Rangers we, in seven. Yeah, I think I said Rangers in six. I know that one. Just uh, if the Penguins have gotten to Shesterk and that series is over. Yeah. And I, I full knew what the Penguins were capable of. I just thought Shesterk and was going to be able to shut the door and the Rangers had enough depth to do it. Does not look like the case yeah. right now. How not over yet. I still think that's a seven game or two. But. How fucking funny would it be if we get a Caps Penguins Eastern Conference final? I was thinking about that today. Not impossible. Not impossible, but that would, that would just probably that would probably be the most fun. And for me, imagine if the Avs are on the other side in the Western Conference final, and my options are the Avs play the Caps or the Penguins in the conference final, and I have to have that discussion with myself on which one is worse. Yeah. Oh, the Caps would be much worse. It would be what much worse. The, because then we'd lose to Pittsburgh in the conference final. 
and then have them win the trophy in their building or ours, that'd be insufferable. Or all contraire, we win seven game series against Colorado. I think that's hell either way for you. Like that's, that's not enjoyable, but I, I, I think coming you know, from me. Can you, can you imagine the spot I'm in right now where I want the caps to do well, but not too well. Right. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a not, it's a no win situation for you, but we're getting way ahead of ourselves. I mean, watch the fucking Panthers go on and win three straight. We're like, Oh, it's not, it's not, if they turn it around, they're perfectly capable of doing that. But that to me looks like a brittle and broken team. If the caps come out strong in game four, I think that's done. Could be. That'd be, I mean, we both thought that they were, the Panthers were like that flames team from a couple years ago when the abs kicked the shit out of them. Shit. That flames team might be that flames team. The way this is going right now against Dallas, they are not pulling away with this one at all. They're one line. And if you shut down the one line, they have nothing. Against Dallas, that shouldn't be a problem because Dallas Shouldn't is be. one line and yep. Calgary's line is better. Like this yep. should, this really shouldn't be a series and Dallas is not that good. Nope. Dallas stinks. They are not good, but they are making themselves look good against Calgary. So oh, man, just oh, the path to the cup is so fucking open, dude. Oh yep. my God. It is so open and I, I'm not getting ahead of myself. We just need to get to Monday, beat the Preds. That's one down 12 to go. Yeah, like so, it's right we'll get there, there. Though. We're and they're playing so well. Yep, so well because we're okay. in the playoffs now. We're not speculating anymore. Nope. Like this, this is just what the team is, and they know what they have to do. And so, we've got Game Four on Monday. The Avs lead the series three games to none in dominant fashion, and chance to close it out. Even if they don't, we've got another opportunity on Wednesday. The series does not feel like it's been going on for like four days, does it? No, it doesn't. It's flying by. It, feel, it feels like it's been going on for longer, honestly. But that's just yeah, but it's, it's flying by. Fun. So, but Coolio, man, I got nothing else. Yeah, I got fun. I got nothing else for this one. As a guy who's who was fighting off a hangover, I'm I'm, I'm hanging in there, man. I'm, yeah, someone I'm, with someone with a pretty wicked headache right now. I think I've been doing pretty okay for myself. Yeah, but. who says podcasting isn't tough, man? Oh like, yeah, we're, we're the we, real we warriors. through it. We troop through it down in yeah. the trenches um, of my couch in my living room. But yeah, uh, just uh, one last final parting shot. I just want to give a shout out to all my sister's friends who thought they could drink more than me today. So, um, so much like the Nashville and Colorado series, they were humbled. They were humbled. Um, but yeah, matched. yeah, outranch. I got sunburned. I tried to take on the sun. Not good. Um, the sun is actually, as it turns out, Griffin, a ball of fire. Um, and it burned the shit out of me. And I am I am a very, very white man. So I am just red. I look like Larry the Lobster right now. So yeah. I'm going to go put some aloe vera on. I'm going to put a nice cold compress on my head to prevent my headache. And <laughs> I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> very good. Cause the beauty of having this game at 2.30. Exactly. Instead, instead we don't of just stay up till 2 a.m. Because right now we're finishing this recording. It's not even midnight for me yet. Yeah, this is gonna be an early night for you, man. I know. I'm. I can get this edited. I can get it up and uh, go to bed. Crazy concept, right? Like that's, that's probably the only time this is gonna happen <laughs> in these playoffs. I am going to savor and enjoy every second of it. Because, like, I'm sure when I'm out in Colorado, my sleep schedule, like, I might not sleep the entire time there. I've, I've never not. been in. Like, fun fact, I've never been in another time zone. So interesting. Yeah, you'll be two hours behind, so maybe you will get tired. Maybe so. Maybe I'll actually go to bed at a, a reason. Yeah, that time. could be the case. Like the first night you're out here when it's like 3 a.m. your time, it's going to be 1 a.m. You're back. Yeah, you're like, oh, man, I'm tired. It's 1 a.m. And I wait. I go to bed and I wake up at like 9. Like, wow, this is so much better. What a crazy it's like my It's almost like my body functions on Colorado time <laughs> already. So because I've been living with this team for the last four years of my life. So, oh, man. But like we said, abs up three to nothing. We're all in good spirits right now. Game four on Monday with a chance to close it out for a second straight first round sweep. We haven't lost a game in the first round since game three against Arizona, which is insanity to think of. We've lost two games in the first round in the last four years. That's a pretty crazy thing to think about. <laughs> That's unbelievable when you think about just how nuts playoff hockey is, but we've got a chance to close it out on Monday in game four in Nashville. And if these first three games are any indication, they probably should, whether it's Kemper or Franco's in net, really their game to lose at that point. Even if it goes to game five, not a big deal. So 
I think that's all we've got for this edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you all so very much for tuning in. We've got a watch along coming for game four at game time. So be sure to hang up, hang out with us for that one. Should be a ton of fun. Then we'll hop right onto here and do our episode. So we might be pretty tired for that one. But regardless, we, we, yeah, we will be. What am I saying? We might be. We will be tired, but we'll push through. So we'll see you guys then. Uh, I'd say enjoy the the other days of playoffs, but it's been hard lately. So just do do your best. Enjoy the day off, I'll say. For this and time. shout out to all the moms out there. Happy Mother's Day. Shout out to all the moms out there. So we'll see you guys next time. Uh, enjoy the day off and enjoy game four. Game four.